0: This is episode 20 on understanding what it means to be Afro-Latina. You're tuned in to Chats with Cat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to discuss topics related to culture, relationships, self-improvement, and everything in between. The most authentic way of building true connections is by being vulnerable and sharing your own unique perspectives. So let's start right here, right now. As children of the diaspora, our identities have roots in the messy, complicated, and ugly history of the transatlantic slave trade. Our memories are scattered across islands and oceans and continents. But in the struggle of finding who we are, we might be closer to finding we can be many beautiful, synchronized things all at once. That's a beautiful paragraph that I stumbled upon in an article titled Yo Soy Afro-Latina by Jess Torres. Hi, everybody. I hope you're all doing fantastic. I just got back from a 12 day adventure with my father in Stockholm and Copenhagen. And I'm actually recovering from a crazy, crazy cold. But I am so grateful for the experience, nonetheless. Um, it was surreal. And I can't believe I had the opportunity to spend that kind of quality time with him. It's something that um, I don't feel like many get the chance to do. So I'm truly grateful for that. And, you know, um, Scandinavia is just a whole other world over there. I'd never been to that side of the world. And just exploring the way that the cities are set up and the way that people are and they're, you know, views on life and the world and everything was just really cool it was really eye-opening especially because you know in the states we're living such a unique experience right now in terms of like quality of life and government and all that so it was really dope it was really really cool to do that with him and it was one for the books but I was ready to get back to the grind I was ready to Come back home and do things, and I don't know if it's something that you feel as you get older, but I think that at some point, being on vacation for too long begins to kind of eat away at you because you want to like get back to your responsibilities, and you know what you want to do all the things you left behind. Like it's cool to decompress, but then it's also like, all right, when you're too when you're gone for too long, it's kind of like, oh, is everything falling apart back home? Am I missing out on this? Should I have been doing that? I should be working. I need to be saving money. Blah blah blah. blah. So. I'm glad that I'm back, and it was really cool. I'm happy that Bobby and I did that, and um, our relationship is so much better because of it. I'm actually going to try to put up a blog post this week so I can show you all the pictures and all the great things that we saw while we were there. But while I was abroad, I noticed that a conversation began to brew online surrounding the topic of what it means to be Afro-Latina and the overall experience for those who identify as Afro-Latinx. And like many conversations that pop up these days, it seems to have started on Instagram when a clip of the Dominican singer Amara La Negra went viral. And in the clip, it was um, it was Amara essentially being mocked for being Afro-Latina by a music producer. And throughout the video, the guy, I honestly don't know his name. And even if I didn't know his name, I probably wouldn't even want to mention him just because I don't want to give him any kind of credit. It's, it was really shitty what he was doing, but throughout the video, he was giving her suggestions on how to be like more palatable for the Latin market in which he suggested that she look more like Beyonce and less like Macy gray, which in other words is like, he suggested that she whitewash her appearance. And if, You have never seen a picture of Amara La Negra. She is a beautiful, beautiful dark-skinned woman who always rocks her natural 4C afro, and she has a beautiful, curvy body, and she does not in any way try to change her appearance to fit the quote-unquote norm or what's expected of a mainstream artist these days, which, I mean, we all know is pretty much a thin uh european looking or european of european descent looking woman you know and amara takes pride in being afro latina she is african she's beautiful and she's african and she can be both and she can be a latina she can be african and she can be a latina and she can be beautiful and she can be all those things at once she could be a great singer she can be all of that she does not have to remove one part of herself in order to be acceptable and That's what I want to talk about today. What that man was doing and saying was extremely condescending and rude, but it's unfortunate that that highlights a broader issue that many, many Afro Latinxes experience. And I can speak firsthand. My family is Dominican and I grew up surrounded by many many traditional Dominican ideals and standards. And if you know anything about the Dominican Republic's history, you'll know that although the country's African influence in the music and the food and the population cannot be denied, openly embracing Africanness and Afrocentrism is not something that is done in the country in fact in 1937 the dominican dictator rafael trujillo went as far as to attempt to purge the country of dark-skinned people by ordering the killing of all haitians living in the country is in what is now known as the parsley massacre and with all of this history following my family's culture and understanding of race, you can only imagine that my experience in understanding the intersection of my African and Latin roots has been tumultuous. It's been non-existent. I don't feel like I ever had a conversation about that. And it's not because my family intentionally didn't have it. It's just because it was not a conversation they even knew how to have. And it's not a conversation they had. It's just something that existed. It was just something that was there. And, Growing up in the U.S., I always felt out of place. Growing up in Miami, in particular, I always felt out of place. And I didn't feel like I belonged to any one group because unlike in DR, where the majority of the population is mixed race and everybody kind of just understands that we are this pool of people that are mixed with indigenous and African and, you know, European DNA, like, it's not the same here in the States. It's In the States, you have to kind of integrate into one group you're expected to just choose one and internally i never felt like i could because i didn't fit into any one group i just i couldn't i wasn't familiar with the term afro latina up until two years ago and had i heard it before i would have been so much more comfortable identifying as an adolescent because my presence has always been confusing to a lot of people like When they first meet me, they're like, oh, are you black or are you biracial? Or when they hear me speak Spanish, they're like, oh, why do you speak Spanish? How did you learn that? Where did you learn that? And I've always said, well, my family is Dominican. And even still, a lot of people couldn't understand how somebody brown like me could speak Spanish. They didn't understand how there could be an intersection of the two. And it was always so frustrating to try to over explain my existence And now that I have a better understanding of you know the landscape of media and advertising I guess it's easy to understand why the idea of a black person identifying as Latina or Latin is confusing and it's because it's not something that most people have ever really seen or heard of and it's just that. So like Like I said, I grew up in Miami where the dominant Hispanic ethnic group is Cuban. And although there are like millions (laughs) of Afro Cubans living in and out of Cuba, I mostly grew up around Cubans of European descent. And. I, I remember just they were mostly the ones that kind of picked apart my identity because I was mostly surrounded by Cubans and I always felt like my level of like Latin, like Latinanness was not convincing to them it was just like oh well like i guess like yeah you speak Spanish but it's like why why do you look like that like you look like that so you're not one of us so for most of my life i kind of just dwelled in the middle and i wasn't too much of anything i didn't overly embrace any one identity because i was confused as hell i didn't know what i was i didn't know that i could be two things and that there were other people that were both things i mean like sure I had my, you know, my parents and when I went to DR or even when I went to New York to visit my family, like I had representation there. But even in that representation, there was still some level of don't fully be yourself, like make sure that you go get your hair pressed and you get a blowout because, you know, like you don't want your kinks to show or like, you know, make sure that you touch up on that relaxer. It's like you always making sure that you don't ever let like too much blackness show. And around the age of like 17 I became more curious about who I really was and in that journey is when I stopped relaxing my hair and I learned that I have naturally tight coily hair and I didn't know any of that because I had been relaxing my hair for all of my life because that's what you know my my mom thought she needed to do that's what that was the norm and I'm not mad at her for it she didn't know any better but it's just interesting because during this time, you know, the Internet has given people the ability to to express their stories and to create their own platforms and to expose others to a reality that would have not been there had we left it to mainstream media. And, you know, the Afro Latino experience, Afro Latinx experience has begun to get more attention, but it's still not mainstream or perceived to be a concept that's like easily applicable so you know when the story of like amara la negra came out and when that clip came out the reason why it went viral is because so many afro latinas were able to relate to her because we've all been in that position where it's like you have this like latino who's telling you or La- you know even a latina that's telling you like oh like you shouldn't be this or you shouldn't be that and it's like well i'm here like this is who i am like stop telling me who i am i'm telling you what i am and i'm not gonna apologize for that and stop trying to tell me that if i only change this like i'd be better off like no i am me and i'm happy being the way that i am i'm happy being being born this way and I think it's really important that now more than ever, as Afro Latinx is, and in my particular case, as an Afro Latina, it's important for me to to, to rise up and represent and and take my place. Because, you know, there are younger girls that are growing up in the society, too, that now have the ability to look at us and be like, oh, look, this is what I am, too. Like, this is my group. This is my tribe. Like, they are proud of who they are. That means that I can be proud of who I am. And I don't have to choose sides. Like, I can be both. L- look at them living unapologetically. Like, it's totally okay to do that. And that's what I want to be for others. I want my afro, I want my tight curls, I want my kinks to show proudly because it's like, why would i hide that that's just who i am that's how i was born and obviously it's in my dna it doesn't make me ugly it doesn't make me less appealing it doesn't make me unprofessional it doesn't make me look untamed it doesn't make me look whatever like no i'm fucking beautiful and other women that have curly hair and men that have curly hair and men that have afros and women that have very tight afros and dark skin and big butts and thick thighs all of that like it's, it's it's real and it deserves a place and it's present and it's not something that should ever be made to be less than beautiful. And I just think that, you know, the conversation that Amara started was very important and it's one that I'm really glad came up because it's something that I think for, for the first time ever now, we have the ability to force the mainstream media to represent us. Like we're becoming too loud for them to ignore us. And there's millions and millions and millions of us existing on this planet. And we are a consumer base and we are here. We have money and we want to see ourselves represented. We want to be able to buy into ourselves and we want to be able to be represented. We don't want to give into this narrative anymore. And I just... I feel really proud to be Afro-Latina and I feel really proud to be part of this 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 group of beautiful mixed people and you know although our story and our history is so tumultuous and it's so heart-wrenching in a lot of ways we're here now and the unique blend that we that we are made up of is so us it's so rich and it is so full of history that I want us to never feel like we cannot fully own ourselves. Like we have to give away a piece of ourselves in order to be understood. And it's like, no, you know what? The world has to understand us because we cannot lie about who we are. We cannot continue to try to fit into a box that is not for us. Like we're not supposed to be there. We're just supposed to thrive and we're supposed to just live as we are meant to. And, you know, the, the sooner that we realize that, the sooner that we realize our potential, our power, our beauty, the, the faster the world will adapt to us. And that's just that. And I think about all these young kids that are growing up with these with this identity crisis where they're like, oh, well, am I black? Am I, am I Latino? Am I Latina? Am I this? Am I that? And it's like you're everything. You are both of those things. You're everything. You don't have to choose one or the other. You can love to be both and it's no one's right to say hey like you have to choose this one or the other no like that's not the human experience that's not our human experience we're way too nuanced and we're way too complex and our history that we did not choose that we were just you know we were born into is just so so interconnected into so many things like how can we just choose one factor we're all of the things And that just is what it is. And that is our experience on this planet. And that is how the Latin community needs to accept us. We need to stop feeling like in order for our peers to accept us, we need to like be more like this or be more like that. Like, no, we need to just be us. We need to just be unapologetically us. And that's it. That's how we will gain the respect. And that's how we will gain our place by just standing firm and saying, I am beautiful in this skin i'm beautiful with this hair i'm beautiful with these legs i'm beautiful with this i'm beautiful with that and you can't tell me that i should go relax my hair or that i should stay out of the sun or that i should um put weave in my hair because i'm never gonna find a man or uh, you know i should do this because it's like not appealing or whatever it's like fuck all of that it's too much and it's not realistic and it's not what we were born to do we weren't born to be molded and like forced into all these different things that we're not okay and that's my rant and I think this is so important because representation is everything it really is everything and I think it's our duty as young people as like young adults to be the voice for the younger generation and you know what even older people are looking to us for answers and it's crazy we always think like oh the older people are the ones with the answers like no we're the ones actually doing some of this work and we're the ones creating this terminology that our parents have never heard of and we're the ones presenting arguments that our parents have been like just accepting as we're, we're creating arguments for points of views that our families have just accepted as the norm they've never challenged them we are creating something unique here. We're creating something different. We're, we're creating a space for us. And it's so enriching and it's so, and it's so powerful. And we need to be loud about it. And we need to be proud about it. And we need to stick up for ourselves. And we need to stick up for um, our brothers and sisters who look like us too. So that is my rant about being an Afro-Latina and the Afro-Latinx experience. And... I just, you know, I'm really proud of Amara La Negra for really sticking true to who she is. And although she was being filmed for Love and Hip Hop Miami and it was all on camera, like, I'm glad that she stuck to her guns and that she was able to eloquently express who she was to that piece of shit guy because he didn't seem, he didn't seem apologetic about it at all. He was super, like, condescending. So fuck that guy. But it was important that he showed that side because that is the side of many Latinos and Latinas within our community so I'm glad that this conversation is starting and I'm glad that we are able to now stand up together and be able to fight for our place unapologetically okay so if you are an afro Latinx, ex, if you're an Afro-Latina like me and you've had any kind of experience like this in the past, let me know how you've coped with it. When you were young, how did you manage when you were put in situations where people questioned your identity? And, you know, what were some of the conversations that you had with your parents? Were you able to come home and talk about it and have, you know, your parents give you some kind of true understanding? Were you ever able to go to anybody in your family and and ask for clarification or is this something that you kind of did on your own? I'm really curious to know what you guys have done because, you know, I'm still in my journey. I'm still going through the process of accepting my identity. It's something that, like I said, I started when I was 17. It's something that is fairly recent. So I just, I'm always curious to know what other ways I can begin to embrace myself better. Or if there's, you know, things that I can tell myself or pieces of history that I don't know yet that can really begin to piece everything together for me. So if you have any suggestions, if you have anything that you've ever heard, any advice, anything that, you know, anybody's ever told you, please share with me. And you can do that by sending an email to chats at calantigua.com or just writing on my Instagram via comment or just DMing me. I'm just really curious to know what you all have experienced too, because this is a collective experience and there's a lot of things that I think overlap in, in our experience living in the U S and, you know, just being of mixed race and being of, of different ethnicities and, and trying to find our ability to coexist and have all of them exist at the same time in a world that's trying to tell us to only be one thing. So, yeah, just, I want to hear your thoughts on it and, and, I appreciate anything that you may have to say. So thank you for listening to my rant. (laughs) I hope that this brings a little bit of solace and understanding to those of you who have felt a little alone about this because I know I felt alone about this for quite a while. And um, yeah, I really want to know what your thoughts are on this. So thank you guys for tuning in and we will chat next week. That was this week's episode. I really hope you all enjoyed it. If there's anything you would like to chat about, send an email to chat at and I'll make sure to get back to you. You can keep up with me in between episodes by following catlantxo that's C-A-T-L-A-N-T-X-O on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm sending you all lots of love, light, and good vibes. We'll chat next week.